Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. I mean, 2020 was a crazy year. It was a crazy year. In fact, how many would argue the first quarter of 2021 was crazy? Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy time. And, you know, the Lord gave me a message at the end of the year last year concerning 2021, told me what it would look like and what we would need to do for it to be the year that we want it to be. And just to give you a little idea of how God works, I'm going to read to you from Amos chapter 3 and verse 7 so that you can have a bit of a foundation for what I'm about to share. Amos 3 verse 7 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing. Somebody say nothing. He does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So notice that there's a biblical, biblical pattern mentioned here, and you'll see this once again throughout the Bible, that God will tell his people what he is going to do and then he will do it. In fact, even in the New Testament, you see Jesus saying, I'm telling you before it happens so that when it happens, you'll believe in me. And so God is a God who from time to time uh, will, will do this. He will even speak to pastors in this day and age and, and ministers about what he's planning to do so they can share it with his people so his people can be positioned to participate or receive from it. And what he shared with me about this year was that if we think it's been good up to this point, we haven't seen anything yet. And that's how my message today. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. And, uh, and so I'm going to take you to Isaiah chapter 43 and just share with you uh, some things that, that God said to me about this year. And you may say, Pastor, it's May. Why are we talking about this now? I'll be honest with you, when the Lord kind of put it on my heart, I was kind of thinking the same thing, like, well, you know, we're halfway through the year. But it's a couple of things he said to me that I think are relevant. One of them was that in the first quarter of the year, there would be some challenges for people. Anybody seen that? I know for me personally, I know for our team and our church, that prophecy has come to pass. <laughs> we have dealt with some stuff. But he also said, you know, if you're led by him, you'll come out of it and you'll come into some unprecedented blessings, some things that you have never seen before, you've never experienced before. This is going to end up being one of the greatest years of your life. And I think we're entering into that part of the year. I think we're entering into that time where God is finally able to unleash what he wants to do in the lives of his people. I'm already preaching better than y'all saying amen this morning. Amen. Come on. I think we're entering into that right now. So I want you to see what God has planned for you what God has planned for the rest of 2021 for you. So Isaiah 43, just to give you an idea of the context, of course, uh, he's talking about uh, what God did for Israel. And in verse 16, and I'm gonna read this to you from the New Living Translation, you can follow along with whatever translation you have. He says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all his chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. 
their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Well, of course, he's talking about when he delivered Israel from Egypt. He's talking about when he parted the Red Sea. Israel went through the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army came behind them and they were drowned. This was a ridiculously amazing miracle. Would anybody agree? Parting a sea so that two to three million people can walk through it and then having it crash on the enemy that they had been dealing with for over 400 years. One of the greatest events in human history. And yet you get verse 18. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. Somebody say new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I love how the King James Version says, shall you not know? In other words, this is going to be notable. You, you're not going to wonder, did God do this? You're going to know God did this. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. One commentary said it this way, that it's something that has not hitherto occurred, some unheard of and wonderful event that shall far surpass all that he had formerly done. Another says this, this shows more clearly what the prophet meant in the preceding verse. For he declared that there shall be a new work, that is a work unheard of and uncommon, in which on account of his greatness and excellence shall throw into the shade the reputation of all other works. In the same manner as the brightness of the sun when it fills heaven and earth causes stars to disappear. I mean, he's talking about something amazing. I mean, God is literally saying, I'm going to top what I did when I caused Israel to go through the Red Sea. And then he did it. God is saying that I'm going to take, take, I'm going to do something new, something you've never seen before, something that is so notable that you're going to know and people around you are going to know that God did it. And so we can see here that God is in the business of doing new things from time to time. That God is a God who will take you from glory to glory. That he's a God that'll take you, you know, that he'll, he'll take whatever he did last time and then, you know, kind of say, throw that into the shade and say, but check this out. That's the kind of God he is. He's the kind of God who's promising, who didn't just promise to do this for Israel, but it's something he's promising to do for us today. That's what the Spirit of God's been saying to me. And let me mention something real quickly just for those that this can help you with a little bit. Hey, you know what? I'm going to keep going. Go to Psalm 126 because I got, I got to keep moving. Somebody say, I ain't seen nothing yet. Psalm 126 and verse 1, we're actually going to read about when God did what he said he was going to do in Isaiah 43. I won't get too deep into the story, but this is the end result. Israel eventually found themselves uh, really prisoners of war. They lost their home to the Babylonians. When they ended up in Babylon, God prophesied that after 70 years, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to give you the future you long for. Those prophecies, that prophecy was tied to the one we just finished reading. So we get to verse 1. It says, and when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Notice that. When the Lord did it, there is a win moment. 
There's a time where you're going to look back and you're going to say, when God did this. Come on, now today we're looking at it like, oh Lord, please do something. But the day is coming where you're going to look back and say, man, when God did this, whoo, it was so good. He says here, man, it was like a dream. It, 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 was, it, it, it seemed too good to be true. There are too good to be true moments in life. I'm going to say that again. There are two, two good to be true moments in life. Like moments where you will be laughing. Moments where you will be singing. You can't dance, but you would be trying to dance. You can't sing, but you'd be trying to sing. Come on, you're so happy to even people around you. So moments that are so amazing that even those who are far from God can't help but recognize that something supernatural has happened in your life. That God has done something. Moments where you'll sit back and say, boy, we are so glad God did that. And that's what God wants. God wants you glad. God wants you happy. God wants you looking at your life and saying, I am satisfied with what God has done. You know, it, uh, Pastor Evan mentioned that I pastor FX Church in downtown Detroit. And the church is a little over two years old now. And uh, so we started and, and meeting our church. Our church started in the Detroit Music Hall, meaning we didn't own it supportable church. So we would have to come in every Sunday morning and set up, have church. Then we had to break it down. And we were limited in terms of the amount of time we had. They wanted us out at a certain time. And, you know, at first, when we first got to the music hall, we first started having services, you know, we were just excited to have church. But after a while, it got old. The team was like, Pastor, you got to find a church building. And, and I knew, I knew eventually in my heart that was what God wanted us to do. So I remember we started searching for church buildings. And, and in downtown Detroit, you'll find one or two types of building. Either something that's just so ridiculously expensive that you're just not going to be able to buy it as a new church. Or something that is so broken down that it takes a good million dollars or two just to get it up to a place where you could use it. So we tried all kinds of things. And finally, we got to the place where uh, we, we got a, a new real estate agent, got connected through a, 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 someone that that I knew, and she found three locations. And I had reached a place in my mind where I said, you know what, because we can't find any buildings that make any sense, I'm gonna have to just get some land and build kind of a temporary building. So my mind was set on, let's get about two or three acres or maybe four or five acres, and we'll just, you know, build something. And so she, she found three places, and the first one I was downtown, and, and it, was, it was, you know, decent, but I already knew, like, that's not gonna work. But I was being nice. So I'm going to go. The second one was really big. And I'm like, this is too big. This is a waste of our time too. And the last one was a piece of land. So we go to the first place and sure enough, I was right. We're walking through it and I'm thinking, you know, I got stuff to do, you know what I mean? You know? So then we go to the second one and by this time, I almost got an attitude. Like, you know, why, why are we here? Let's just get to the land. But I walk into the second one and I, I remember walking into the gym and I got something in my heart. And I turned to her and I said, you know, how much are they asking for this? And she told me, and, and once again, my head is saying, you know, that we're a smaller church, you know, or newer church, I should say. Um, we don't need all of this. But as I'm walking through it, God starts unveiling to me, this is where you're supposed to be, this is where you're supposed to do, we want to do a dream center, this is where you're going to do your dream center, all of that stuff. And I'm going, wow, and it's 130,000 square feet, four buildings, including a gymnasium. You know, so... I, I'm thinking, this is amazing, but, you know, we're not even three years old. We can't get a loan. Got to at least be three years old to get a loan. I don't really believe in getting loans, really. How are we supposed to do this? But I believe I had it in my heart, so, 
You know, we went ahead and put an offer in and the guy ignored us. Didn't even bother to return an offer. You know, we heard from the agent, like whatever. Put a couple more offers in. They, they wanted nothing to do with our offers. It was almost a year before I heard from them again. Apparently the owner knew my uncle. They got to talking. The owner said, go ahead and tell him, give me a call. I gave him a call and within a couple of phone conversations, we had a deal. And a few months ago, actually, actually the end of the year last year, um, the, right at the end of the year, we went to closing. And here we are closing this little two-year-old church on this 130,000 square foot building right off a of main freeway, right down, right exactly where we wanted to be. And I remember I, I came on with suit and tie and everything, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, trying to be professional. I'm signing the papers and all of that and, you know, took a picture of one of our team members that came and got in the car and drove off and went nuts. I'm in the car, yeah, praising God. It's amazing how all the old songs come up in your heart, right? There's no, new, no, no Hillsong United, no, no Maverick City. And I'm over here singing songs from when I was like 15. I'm singing it, and I look over the car next to me, and I'm like, oh, man, they probably wonder what is wrong with this guy. I went nuts. It was a dream come true moment. It was one of those things where only God could do it. And, and here we are. We moved in about two months ago. They're having church there right now. And we're in a position where we can do more than I ever thought we could do. God did exactly what he said. And the same guy that did that for me is the guy that's going to do that for you this year. There are some dream come true moments for you this year. Come on, you got to grab that. Say, yep, that's right, that's right. I, I, I take that. There are some moments where you're going to get in the car and go, yes, God, okay, oh, I hardly can believe you did this. That's the kind of God we serve. He's a God who is planning to do something unprecedented in your life. If you think God's done something for you before, you ain't seen nothing yet. Let me give you a couple of details into what he's going to do. Psalm 66 and verse 12. It says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Well, once again, this is Israel talking, talking to God. What are they saying here? They're talking about the fact that they have been in some very difficult situations. They were dominated by their enemy, right? Slaves. They went through fire and water. They were in times of great danger. The good news is they went through fire without getting burned. They went through water without drowning. Anybody have that testimony? That's worth praising God about. But then God brought them out of that trouble. And the good news is God does know where you are. God does know how to deliver you. God does know how to guide you out of whatever trouble you're in. He knows the way. They said, God, you brought us out, but you didn't just bring us out. Anybody glad God's going to bring you out? I believe it's what the Spirit of God is saying to some people here today. God is about to bring you out. You're about to have a faith experience, a moment in time when you come face to face with the God of the Bible, face to face with him doing something amazing. You got sickness in your body, God's about to bring you out. You're dealing with some financial issue, God's about to bring you out. You're dealing with some depression, God's about to bring you out this year. You got some family issues in, in, in terms of your marriage, God's about to bring you out. You get, you're about to be delivered. You're going to be able to say, God, you brought me out. But then God's not interested in just bringing you out. He's going to bring you into something. He'll take you from being dominated or defeated to danger, to deliverance, to actually walking in your dreams. God's about to turn some things around. Somebody say, I'm coming out. Say it again like you mean it. I'm coming out. 
This is somebody here today. You're coming out. This is not your destiny. This is not your future. Stop putting a period where God has put a comma. This is not how things are going to end up. You will not stay in this situation forever. You are coming out. And you're going to be able to say, when the Lord did that, I was like, it was like I was dreaming. But that's not all God's going to do this year. Psalm 90, verse 15. Somebody say, I ain't seen nothing yet. I know that's not good English. That's good. You remember it. Say, I ain't seen nothing yet. That's literally how, the God, how God said it to me, by the way. He said, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm like, God, you don't know the English? You know what's going on? He said, you ain't seen nothing yet. I, okay, Lord. Come on, you got to grab a hold of this because it's in those moments when you feel like things are bleak that you need to have a word from God, that you need to have something to hold on to, that you need to remember, he said, I'm coming out. This will turn. Psalm 90, verse 15. I'm going to read this to you from New Living Translation. It says, give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Ooh, isn't that good? Replace the evil years with good. Notice this prayer. Give us gladness in proportion. Anybody had some former misery? Anybody had some bad days? Come on, you can put your hand up. That's not a bad confession. Yeah, you've had, anybody ever had some bad years? Could, could you say for some people 2020 was a bad year, right? And notice the prayer though, give us gladness in proportion. In other words, God, for every bad day I had, give me a good day. For every bad year I had, give me a good year. You may say, well, will God do that? Yeah, he will. Look at Joel chapter two and verse 25. I'll mention it to you because of, for time's sake. It says there, the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. The King James Version says, I will restore the years. So God is a God who will look back at what happened to you and say, I'm gonna pay you back for that. It's kind of like when you loan somebody money and then surprisingly they give you the money back. You can't believe it. Oh my goodness, you paid the loan? Come on, God is saying, I'm gonna pay you back. That was a rough day, I'm gonna give you a good day. That was a rough year, I'm gonna give you a good year. And I don't know about you, I got some stuff on back pay right now. I got some stuff, I'm looking at this like, God, you got to make up for some of this stuff. And yet he's a God that will do that because God is a God who wants what he did for you to be greater than what the devil did to you. Oh, you're not, you're not hearing me here today. Come on, he's not going to let the enemy outdo him. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. God is saying, if you've gone through some things, if you're pressing to me, I'm going to take what Satan meant for evil and turn it to your good. I'm going to restore what you lost. But he doesn't just restore. He gives you restoration plus because he wants to cause you to be blessed. I love how the Bible says elsewhere that God daily loads us up with benefits. Get ready for some loads this year. I said get ready for some loads this year. Get ready for the moving truck to come on up and God just to dump some stuff. And you say, God, what is this? What did I do to get this? You believe me. And you went through some stuff in 2017 and 2018 and 2019. And you handled it the way I wanted you to handle it. And you wondered if I would ever be giving you back what you lost. Well, this is what you lost plus something. You went through some rough years of your marriage. Get ready for the best marriage years of your life. Your kids struggle through some sickness, but get ready for them to be so healthy they turn into phenomenal athletes. You had some financial issues. Get ready to pay off other people's debt. Come on now. This is your year. You ain't seen nothing yet. 
Come on, one more, Psalm 75. Somebody say, I ain't seen nothing yet. Somebody say, good is coming to me. It's a good confession. Good is coming. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. I changed that for myself. Surely goodness is following me all of 2021. Goodness is chasing me down. I'm a goodness magnet. <laughs> goodness is looking for me. Come on, you got to start saying that. I know it may not feel that way. I'll be honest with you. I'm fighting this battle myself right now. The Lord had to remind me. No, what did I say? What did I say? Goodness is chasing you down. You ain't seen nothing yet. This is going to be the best year of your life. So if you've had a rough start to the year, what is the rest of this year going to look like? Psalm 75, verse 6. For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. God is the judge. He's the one who determines who goes to the next level. He put him down one and set him up another. James 4.10 says this. I'll just read it to you from the New Living Translation. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. You ever been on an airplane and, and I, was, I was in a rough spot a couple of days ago on an airplane and uh, got, kind of got stuck next to a guy, a bigger guy and you know I had to go sit in the window seat and, I, and the flight was supposed to be 45 minutes, it ended up being two hours. And I'm like this the whole flight, and it's shaking and stuff, and I'm sitting here. You know, that was a day where I could have stood for somebody to say, hey, you, we have an extra seat in first class. Do you want it? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. You ever have that happen, though? Where you're sitting there in coach, and they say, we actually just want to upgrade you. I mean, I've had that happen to me before. You know, I'm not too thrilled with my seat. We actually have an extra seat. You know, can we upgrade you to first class? Yes. What's God saying? I'm about to upgrade you this year. Come on. I got my iPhone. I don't even know which iPhone this is, but I know it's not the latest one. The thing about the iPhone is that when you have maybe the, the 9 or the 10 or the 11, whatever it is, you enjoy it. But when you get the new one, you forget about the old one. You be like, what did your last one do? I don't know. I like what this one does. Right? What happened? You got an upgrade. God's about to upgrade you this year. You're about to live life on a level you've never experienced before. I'm gonna say, you, you can, once again, you can see how it starts off where God says, you know, hey, I did some great things, but forget all of that. I'm about to do something else. That's what God is saying to you. This is a year of promotion. This is a year of increase. This is a year of you being upgraded to first class by, by, by the angels that are your gate angels. God, Satan is gonna wish he never messed with you. He would have been better off if he had left you alone than if he had messed with you because now you're about to be a walking book of the Bible. Now you're about to be like Lazarus. I was dead, but now I've been risen from the grave. Everybody that knows me can see that God is real because he upgraded me. He upgraded my ministry. He upgraded my business. He upgraded my family. He upgraded my emotions. He, he, he promoted me. This is a year of promotion for you. Expect that. Expect promotion. Expect things to not go down, but go up. Expect to not lose pay, but pick up pay. Expect not to, for your kids to go backwards, but to go forward. Come on, the Bible says in Psalm 115, the Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. Expect to increase. 
Pastor, you keep talking about believing and expecting. Believing and expecting. Why is that important? Because the Bible says, according to your faith, be it unto you. And I can deliver a message like this to you and it, and it be God's word and, and it can burn in your heart and you not experience one bit of it. Because the key to this happening is you believing it. Let me read one more scripture to you. Psalm 27, verse 13. Notice what the psalmist says. He was clearly going through some rough things. He's actually telling his testimony of how he got out and into what God promised. In verse 13, he says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed, unless I had believed, unless I had what? That I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He was seeing badness, right? He was clearly seeing he was in some tough times. That's why he was about to lose heart. I would have given up, but I believed something. My faith kept me from fainting. My faith caused me to win. I had a promise from God that I would see his goodness, that I would experience miracles, I would experience blessings, I would experience victory, that I would see something on a level I've never seen it before. And because I believed it, I had it. And that's the position that you need to take today. You need to decide to believe again. Often, particularly those of us who've been following God, when you started off in your family, you started off on your career, you started off financially, you started off in your church, you had some high hopes. You believed God was going to do something. You believed your life was going to be amazing. You believed the things the Bible taught. But then you got hit. And usually it's not one hit. It's usually got hit again and again and again. Sometimes it's not just in one area, it's in multiple areas. My sister likes to call them stack attacks. Satan doesn't just attack you in one area. It seems to hit everything at the same time. And you can get to a place where you, you stop believing for what God said and you just start hoping to survive. Let me just make it through this. Let me just, I just want to breathe again. I just want to get back to base. And God is saying, I'm not only going to get you out of this. We just talked about that. But I'm about to take you to a whole other level. But I can only do that if you choose to believe again. To believe that I am who I said I am. I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer. I am the God who is your banner, your victory. I am your shepherd who will cause you to not lack. I am the almighty God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Not only can I bring you out, but I can bring you into your wealthy place, your place of satisfaction. I'm here to tell you that if God has done it before for you, some of us, we've said that God has done it before. Well, you can rest assured God will do it again. You ain't seen nothing yet. But today, I want to challenge you to believe it. I want to challenge you to be like somebody standing at the bus stop. Somebody standing at the bus stop, they're standing there because they believe the bus is going to come. They don't just give up because the bus is behind schedule and go home. That's what some of us have done. God's saying, get back to the bus stop. But they're standing there because they know at some point the bus is coming. So every few minutes they get up and they look. And then, you know, they might sit down and they get up and they look again. And they sit down and they look again. And eventually here comes the bus. That's how we need to live our lives this year. We're looking for the blessing. We're looking for God to bring me out of this. I'm looking for God to restore. Where's that restoration? I'm looking for that promotion. I'm living my life with my head on a swivel. Any moment now, this thing's about to happen. Any moment now, this thing's about to break. Any moment now, I'm about to say, woo! It's like I'm dreaming. Look what the Lord has done. 
Live your life with your head on a swivel. Believe that as good as it's been, I ain't seen nothing yet. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.